also dry. And they explode like dust. Suck my balls, suck my balls. You must suck my golf balls. Mommy? Yes? Suck my balls. You got a lot of growing up to do, buddy. Suck my balls. Sorry I'm different, but you can just suck my clit and my balls. You know what? You know what? That one. <laughs> suck my clit and balls. I don't have to suck your balls. Before this day is over, you will suck my balls. Suck my balls, fat ass. I will. I will suck your balls, cow. And I will get down on my knee and I will suck your balls. I'll suck them dry, cow. Suck my balls, cow. Well, excuse my French, Mrs. Marsh, but you can suck my fat, hairy balls. Suck my big balls in your hairy butt balls. Suck my big balls in your hairy butt balls. Suck my hairy butt balls in your What is that? It's my balls! Hot damn it, cousin! How would you like to suck my balls? What did you say? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Actually, what I said was... How would you like to suck my balls, Mr. Garrison? Holy shit, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Suck My Bass, Suck My Bass, My Bass, My Bass, Second Suck My Balls, a South Park review. Of course, I'm your host on the scene where the air is clean and I'm lighting up that green. Yeah, boy, MSG. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Matthew underscore Sheffer. Each and every week. I'm joined by two guys who have surprisingly exciting lives. We like to go on walks and long drives. They like to contemplate about all the things they want to do and maybe get some wives. But I digress, ladies and gentlemen. First up on the scene, he's usually here with me, but he's not. Jackson. Fortunately, Scoop is not able to join me. If you've listened to the last couple podcasts, you are aware that we're having a little bit of scheduling issues. Everyone's got different work schedules as we head into the fall season, but we're working that out here. And normally, though, he's usually around, but uh, my boy, Joe, Dirty J, Dirty Joe Nola, had a doctor's appointment, so we couldn't record. So he will be back with me, though, next week for sure. Hopefully, Ian can join us here as we're just trying to get a time with him. You know, he Works on 8 to 4 a.m. right now. And generally speaking, we were recording in the mornings. So we can kind of try to shift to the weekends. And that's a little bit, of course, more difficult when everyone's got, you know, girlfriends or babies or whatever. I'm the single guy here, so I'm always here for you. Never fear. I'm back. MSG for another edition of Suck My Balls, a South Park review. This is South Park Season 6, Episode Number 9 Review. You may know it, of course, as... Free hat, free hat, free hat. That's what we're going to be reviewing today. Free hat. It is the ninth episode of season six and the 88th overall episode of South Park. It aired on July 10th, 2002. When the boys find out that their favorite movies are being enhanced, re-released, and of course ruined in that process, they decide to form a new club called Save Films from their directors. So, we start off here with the main four boys, of course, now, Tweak, who uh, who is, as we found out in the previous episodes, won the Bachelor-type competition to become their best friend. Go see a re-re-re-release of Star Wars Episode V, 
the Empire Strikes Back. And if, funny enough, though, before the movie, they're actually ripping on the trailer of the real re-release of E.T. The extraterrestrial, of course, is shown, which points out that the various edits made to the movie, e.g. the guns that the spe- special secret agents point at the children, have been changed to walkie-talkies, and the terrorists have been changed, the word itself has been changed to hippie. Coming this summer, it's the classic film that changed America. E.T. The Extraterrestrial, the new redone version for 2002. All the E.T. effects have been digitally upgraded. All the guns have been digitally changed to walkie-talkies. And the word terrorist has been changed to hippie. Aw, dude, why would they do that? Yeah, hippies and terrorists are the same thing. No, dude, Spielberg changed terrorist to hippie to make E.T. more PC. That's gay. Coming this summer. It's the motion picture that changed America. Saving Private Ryan, the re-re-release, where the word Nazi has been changed to persons with political differences. So as you heard there in the clip, the word Nazi had been changed to persons with political differences. They changed the word terrorist to hippie, which I like how Cartman mentions there. Terrorist and hippie are basically the same thing. (laughs) It's an interesting, um, I don't know, conversation that we uh, might still have in society today where movies get remade or movies get re-released. And at this time, back in 2002, there was seemed to be a trend where they were kind of re-releasing Star Wars and, you know, updating the characters because of, of the different cast of Christian Bale. As well as we saw just updated, you know, things taken out and added in f- to make it more family-friendly. Of course, the boys complain about how directors edit their movies to make them more family-friendly or politically correct. And then finally, the movie comes on. Of course, the boys are there to see the re-release of Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Now, finally, as the movie comes on, as it appears, there's a banner, and it displays itself on the screen, and it's read by the announcer, and it says, the word Wookiee has been changed to hair-challenged animal, and the entire cast has been digitally replaced by Ewoks, which the boys just started erupting in uh, anger. Why the hell do these directors keep updating their movies? And now for your feature presentation, the classic re-re, re-release of Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> in this version, the word Wookiee has been changed to hair challenged animal, and the entire cast has been digitally replaced by Ewoks. God damn it, that pisses me off. Yeah, we want our money back. Sorry, suckers. <laughs> Freaking ticket taker, Tom. Sorry, suckers. We want our money back. So as you heard there, yes, the, we're not happy about the fact that Wookiees had been changed to hair-challenged animals and the entire cast was turned into Ewoks. You know, there's a lot of debate in the Star Wars universe, and I'll put over podcasts I used to produce. Go check out the New Force Order podcast. About the Ewoks. Not a lot of people like those Ewoks. I never really like felt a hard way about either. Like I didn't hate it. And I didn't dislike it. It was just, you know, an Ewok. I mean, I, I guess I could see how it would be annoying. You know, I'm not saying if you dislike it, you don't have a valid point. And if you like it, you might have a valid point as well. So choose whatever side you'd like to be on the dark or the light. I'm just kind of hanging out in the middle because I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of undecided. It really doesn't bother me either way. But I digress. Let's move back into the story here of South Park. After leaving the Empire Strikes Back, the boys then decide to form an organization to campaign against changes to classic movies. And in this process, you know, they're writing up kind of a 
you know, flyer for it and whatnot. And Cartman interjects by telling people that you have to, of course, offer them something for people to come. This harkens back to the movie, right? More people, more people will come, guys, if you, if you say it's going to be punch and pay. So Cartman writes on the sign, free hat on the advertising poster to persuade more people to come. And Tweak is, of course, going to be charged or tasked with making 50 paper hats. Yeah, we can form a club that takes food stamps from poor people and then sells them back to the government for a profit. No, fat ass. I mean a club to protect films from their directors so they can't be messed with. Yeah, we'll be the Save Films from Their Own Directors Club. Yeah. No. Dude, that sign sucks. Nobody's going to show up. Well, what's wrong with it? Look at it, dude. You're not offering any fabulous prizes. You have to offer fabulous prizes if you want people to show up for your stupid crap. Here. Free hat? Yeah, if you offer free hats, maybe people will show up. But we don't have hats. We can just make them out of paper. It's not hard, just stupid little paper hats. People just need free stuff. Don't you guys know anything? People just need free stuff. Don't you guys know anything? <laughs> as well as Carmen also pointed out. Yes, we can start a club. We take uh, food stamps and we send them back to the parfait, but we'll make profit. <laughs> He's already diabolically thinking how they can make money off of this situation. but Or not even makes a, a manipulative way to make money that doesn't even pertain to the situation, I'm sorry, of, you know, securing the original rights to movies or, you know, making sure that they're not re-re-released, if you will. Tweak, of course, mentions there, I don't make 50 hats. And Cartman's like, yeah, people just, people just need fabulous pads. Don't you guys know anything? Yeah, don't you guys know anything? Come on, we already went through this free punch and pie. La resistance. Gosh. Go back and listen to our review if you're interested in South Park movie. Uh, we have it available on our podcast as well as on YouTube. Uh, just look for Suck My Balls Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also check out South Park Pod on Facebook. You can email us at suckmyballspod at gmail.com. We're also sponsored by thebakeboysclub.com. Check out thebakeboysclub.com for all of your cannabis-related apparel. You can use our code suckmyballspod and you'll save 20% off. Bake Boys, not just a brand, it's a lifestyle. So getting back to the episode here, Cartman, now of course with everyone else, uh, you know, they go about their way. Tweak is charged with the task of making those 50 paper hats, but he only manages to make 15. And he stayed up all night, only slept for one hour, and dreamed about making hats. So they get to the event, and many more people than were expected actually show up. A crap load of people show up. Of course, not for a free hat, but, you know, for the boys' cause, which they think is to, of course, organize a movement to free hat McCullough from prison. So I'll, let me backtrack here and kind of unpack everything here before we jump into the clip. So... Tweak makes up, you know, his only manages to make 15 hats. They show up at the venue and they look inside and they, as they're peering inside, they've seen a whole gymnasium full of people. And I think it's either Stan or Kyle will get to it says, dude, there's like 500 people in there, I think. And, you know, Tweak's freaking out and Carvin's like, dude, you're going to be pissed. You haven't yet had you. <laughs> so they go in there and uh, they're like, sorry, we don't have enough hats because the whole crowd is actually chanting. Well, actually, Standard Kyle, one of them, says, well, maybe they won't even won't even be a big deal. But then the crowd is chanting, free hat, free hat, free hat. Of course, the boys go in and apologize. And the people are like, well, we don't care about that. We're here for Hat McCullough. We want a free Hat McCullough from prison. So let's get into that. Dude, there's like a thousand people in there. A thousand? Oh, Jesus, man. I don't have nearly a thousand hats. They're going to kick your ass, Tweak. <laughs> Tweak, it's okay. Look, maybe these people all turn out because they believe in saving films. Maybe they don't even care about the free hat. Free hat! Free hat! Free hat! Free oh, God! Hat, I told you guys, never hat, underestimate the power hat, of a free hat. Free hat! Free hat! Free hat! I got 
gotta move away, you guys! Relax, Tweak. We're just gonna have to go in there and explain what happened. There are more important things right now than free hats. Okay, uh, we want to thank you all for coming. We're really happy to see such enthusiasm for our cause. Uh, one thing before I continue. Unfortunately, we don't have enough of the free hats for everyone. Excuse me? Yes, we apologize, but our friend Tweak here didn't make enough of it. Oh, Jesus! Don't tell him it was me! We don't care about that. You don't? You mean you, you just, just came because you believe in our cause? Yeah, free hat. What? Hat McCullough. He was sent to prison in 82, and we believe he should be released. We don't care about that. <laughs> we only came for the free hat. Of course, Carpenter says, never underestimate the power of a free hat, guys. So yes, free hat. I'm, I, I'll tell you what, I'm on board though with Cartman. If there's an opportunity to get something for free, I am generally on board to try and participate in an event to get a free hat. So much so that myself, Gerard De La Cruz, who's been a guest here on this podcast and a couple of our other friends, we actually attended a grand opening for Krispy Kreme. And... They said at the first, I don't know, certain number of people get Krispy Kreme for a year. The first couple 50 people get free Krispy Kreme for the day. And the first 100 people or so or whatever it was get a t-shirt or a hat. And we waited all night. And we were in line. And we were in that first like 50 to 100. When we got up there, they didn't give me a free t-shirt or a free hat. And I kind of made a scene. I was like, yo, we just sat up here all night. For eight freaking hours. And you're telling me you're not even going to give us some sort of thank you. Like a hat. A t-shirt. A donut. Nothing. They did eventually give us a t-shirt. I kind of made a big deal out of it. I got us all t-shirts. Everyone was like, god damn man. Always making sure to take care. I'm like, yo, we're getting this free t-shirt. No, we're getting this shit. We were here all night. I'm not going to sit idly by and go home with one donut that I paid for. But I digress, ladies and gentlemen. That's, so that harkens back to if there's an opportunity to get free shit, people will do it. I mean, people do contests, right, where they stick their hands on cars. And they'll just sit there as long as possible to try and win a car or on a table. Whatever it is to try and win a prize. All those people who are on YouTube would like to exploit other people. Mr. Beast Guy likes to exploit you by a clickbait to get, give away free shit. I'm telling you, people like free shit. So that's how the world works. Cartman, of course, was correct here. You know, they everyone showed up thinking it was going to be a free hat. But it wasn't, actually. It was because they want a free hat McCullough from prison. So the boys are going to state their case. And they're like, well, you know, we made this group because we feel that the movies of your generation are being remade and re-released and they're being compromised. And this actually does cause a little bit of enthusiasm with the group. And the group suggests that they work on both the causes, stopping filmmakers from editing their movies and freeing hat McCullough. And they decided one group that will be the mob, they're going to go try and free Hat McCola while the boys are going to, I guess, be the spokespeople or they're going to be the people that try to free the, the films from being re-released. So later, they get invited to go on to Nightline with Ted Koppel to talk about their cause. And they all kind of play like a game like, uh, I, I get to be the spokesperson. One, two, three, I'm it. So Cartman decides that he's going to be the spokesperson. But as soon as he gets on Ted Koppel, Koppel reveals that Hat McCullough is a convicted serial killer of 23 babies and asks him, what do you think of that? And then Cartman goes, we'd like to refer to our spokesperson, uh, Tweak. 
<laughs> There's a great line here, and I'll come back after it after this clip. So, boys, I'll ask you the question that's on everyone's minds. Why does your organization want to free Hat McCullough, the convicted, confessed serial murderer of 23 babies? I believe that can best be answered by our official spokesman, Tweak. Well, Hat McCullough admitted he killed those toddlers. Why do you want him free? Oh, Jesus, man! <laughs> Just answer me this, Tweak. What do you see as positive about toddler murder? Yes, it is easy. <laughs> Just answer me this week. What do you see as positive about toddler murder? Ah, I don't know. It's easy? <laughs> yes, yes, it is easy, isn't it? <laughs> so bad. But this is what makes South Park funny at times, is that they don't mind going there and making dark jokes like that. Not that hopefully, uh, I would hope if you're listening to this podcast that you would never commit such a heinous act. So I know I never would and my co-hosts wouldn't as well. But it is funny in the context of South Park, just as a, a funny joke. We can all kind of have some dark humor about that. I feel like in 2021, we've all almost gotten away from having good comedy, right? Everything gets so politically satirized to the point where it, there's a political correctness. And now people can't even say things that... We're funny. They can't make fun of everybody. But you know the one people or the one show, the two people and the one show that can and still does and has been, of course, signed for a more lucrative deal as South Park. So we have them to thank. So, yes, after appearing there on <laughs> Nightline and Tweak eventually answers, it's easy. Couple agrees with the statement. While there, the boys, of course, also meet Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. Now, Spielberg justifies his changing of the movies as improvising history, the boys then argue that changing E.T. is like changing Raiders of the Lost Ark. But this actually only inspires the filmmakers just to do that. There's also a back and forth here where Cartman actually, um, I think he insults them here. We'll go to that clip. Dude, that's Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. Get me out of here! Please, somebody get me out of here! And as for altering our films, all we're doing is trying to reach a new audience with our movies. As the makers of dreams, we like to speak for the children. Uh... We thought we were speaking for the children. Yeah, we're children. Uh, look, if the Beatles went back and updated the White Album every few years, what would we have now? Yeah, these guys are only motivated by money, Ted. How so? Think about it. Spielberg, Jew. Lucas, Jew. Kyle, Jew. Coincidence? I'm not a Jew! You little brats! I mean, you darling children don't know what you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> uh, freaking Kermit. Lucas, Jew. Spielberg, Jew, cow, Jew, coincidence? <laughs> the early onsets of Cartman connecting uh, Kyle's Judaism to some sort of catastrophe, as we will see later in the 9-11 episode where Cartman tries to connect Kyle to the 9-11 attacks. And when you listen to this episode, this should be coming out on Wednesday, September 8th, I also would like to take this time, as we are three days away, and remember the fact that 20 years ago, our country, America, was attacked by a what we think are told by our government was a Islamic terrorist state. So uh, for those who lost their lives in 9-11, for those who are still dealing with the after effects of the rubble and the cleaning and all the carcinogens and you know all the nasty stuff that got into people's lungs or how it affected their skin, from trying to save as many people in 9-11. And we salute you here at Suck My Balls.
it's it's hard to put to words what that day was if you were alive for it. I'm 33 now, and I remember being in the seventh grade at home when that happened. I had just moved. I was still between middle schools, and I happened to be home that day, and I remember watching it live on TV. So you know, think about uh, your loved ones, your friends, and think about those that were lost um, defending this great country. As the war finally comes to an end, whether you're against or for this president, hopefully we can continue to rebuild as a uh, nation and come together and try to avoid you know, invading all these countries. But uh, that's another topic for another podcast. Is this not political? But I did, of course, want to just take a moment to remember uh, the victims and the people, the military individuals lost in 9-11 and say thank you to those who went to war in service of America. So uh, following that, as I, now, I know we try to uh, transition back into South Park, a more funnier show. The boys then argue that they've got to go back to the club and uh, tell the members about saving the film. So they go back and they tell the club members they plan to infiltrate the Skywalker Ranch, a.k.a. George Lucas's home, and steal the original negatives of Raiders of the Lost Ark to prevent it from being remade. Now, despite the option to stay and help the boys, all of the members go and talk to the governor about freeing Hat. Now, they tell the boys, they're like, <laughs> the boys are like, you know, you know, we just don't know if this is a really good cause. He killed 23 babies. <laughs> and they explained to the boys that Hat McCullough killed those babies in self-defense. <laughs> Which, of course, this could technically classify Hat as a mass murderer, actually, rather than a serial killer. <laughs> and they end up telling him that the reason why, when you get that many babies together... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's hilarious. But we're going to go to that clip here. Of course, Tweak also at first refuses to join the boys getting the film, but relents when his friendship is threatened because they've threatened him at the beginning. Look, look, get your head up to here with you, Tweak. You're getting kind of pissed off. We're going to, you know, replace you. So, of course, this still has that ongoing saga of the boys trying to replace Kenny. So let's go to that quick clip here. But we have to free Hat. It's, it's just, just that, the, you know, know he, he killed, killed 23, 23 babies. babies. Yeah, but it was in self-defense. Yeah! He killed 23 babies in self-defense? Hat was attacked maliciously and unprovoked by a gang of babies in West Town Park. When that many babies get together, they can be like piranha. Three eyewitnesses testify that if Hat hadn't killed those babies, they'd have killed him. Yeah! Free Hat! Free Hat! Free Hat! All right, all right. But right now, we've got to focus on getting those original Prince of Raiders. So following this now, Tweak, Cartman, and Kyle, and Stan, break in to the Skywalker Ranch, a.k.a. George Lucas's home. They look through his vault, skimming past titles such as the first day of school, digitally enhanced, wedding video, digitally enhanced, and kids' first swimming lesson with digitally enhanced weather until they find the negatives of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now, just as they are about to collect the negatives, Lucas comes in and confronts him. And after pleading with them, the boys try playing a cool island song to try and melt his icy art. Heart, but they end up arguing about like what kind of heart he has and what type of island song they should be playing. And uh, then what ends up happening is George Lucas calls the police, and the boys kind of attempt, you know, to have him turn away from his evil master, Steven Spielberg. And just as he's about to give the reel to Steven Spielberg, he arrives, and Spielberg uh, has a bunch of guards brandishing walkie-talkies, aka the ET, um, you know, torn between ET. 
the boys and Spielberg. So like they had like the uh, walkie talkies instead of the guns, just like they did in the remake. And then Lucas relents and eventually gives the reel to Spielberg. Spielberg then takes the boys prisoners to make them his guests of honor at the premiere of the remake of Raiders of the Lost Ark. However, Tweak is able to escape just before they are cornered. You yourself led the campaign against the colorization of films. You understand why films shouldn't be changed? And that's different. These are my movies. I made them, and I have the right to do whatever I want with them. You're wrong, Mr. Lucas. They're not your movies. They're ours. All of ours. We paid to go see them, and they're just as much a part of our lives as they are of yours. When an artist creates, whatever they create belongs to society. Stop! What are you doing, George? Steven, I, I... Give me that print, George. We need to make the alterations. Steven, these boys had a point. I don't remember what it was, but it was good. You haven't let these doe-eyed children affect your judgment, have you, George? Don't forget, you belong to me. Don't listen to him. You still have a chance to preserve your film. I'm sorry, boys. <laughs> now take the children prisoner. What? You troublemakers shall be my guests of honor at the premiere of the new Raiders of the Lost Ark. Your gay little club is over. Fuck you, Steven Spielberg. Come on, you guys. Oh my god, you're gonna kill us! Don't even think about it, kid. I'm not afraid to use this walkie-talkie. The one with the cocaine problem escaped, mine director. Leave him! Let him run back to his mommy. <laughs> All right, so a couple things to unpack there. Let's talk about the end portion, which I thought was funny. The one with the cocaine problem got away. Leave him! Let him run back to his mommy. It's kind of funny that I think Tweak actually has a cocaine problem, which... I guess uh, people who are energetic have ADHD. Um, I guess maybe from an outside perspective, it might seem like someone who has overly abundance of energetic energy, there might be something wrong with them, but sometimes it's just how that person's makeup is. Which transitions into kind of a more serious topic that Stan was kind of, and Kyle was alluding to the fact that, you know, once art is created, once it's put out into society, is it owned by the artists anymore. I mean, we, in fact, we've got so much so now people are selling NFTs, non-fungible tokens, where you get to own a copy of a digital image or a copy of a GIF or a clip, a video clip, if you will. So who really owns the art once it's made? Because technically speaking, think about it, all the times that George Lucas has resold the rights to Star Wars and eventually Disney buying it, I mean, and they own it, they now own Star Wars. So it, I mean, the, the argument is to be made there who really owns art once it's created in society. But from a legal standpoint, then George Lucas, Steven Spielberg definitely did here in this case, and they could do whatever they wanted with their film. And just as Disney can do whatever they want now with the Marvel and Star Wars properties. And, uh, you know, I mean, you can make fan films, you can make parodies, but you can't make the exact movie or... You can't really, you know, I mean, I guess you could argue and sign petitions if Disney was going to update or do something like this or if they were going to change things from Raiders of the Lost Ark or Star Wars or any of the Marvel films. Like, if they just went back and they were like, yeah, we're going to re-edit out uh, Black Panther. We're going to get rid of the guy. You know, he passed away, so we don't want to make you sad. Imagine if they did that. <laughs> Chadwick Boseman. They just took Chadwick Boseman out of the movie because they didn't want to make you sad. Like, that would be messed up. So there is a case to be made that once art is created that and society, you know, pays for it and starts to appreciate it, that it becomes part of society. But realistically, from a legal standpoint, it doesn't. So it's an argument and a conversation for another day. Another day. If I had my co-host here with me, definitely would be something I'd like to discuss with them. And maybe we will on a future episode. Back in the episode now, Tweak, he actually runs back to this club. 
and he alerts everybody else to the situation at hand. Um, but they're all actually upset about the fact that the governor wouldn't listen to them about pardoning Hat. And Tweak kind of goes through the whole explanation of what happened. He explains that he and his friends, you know, went to attempt to get the film, but the other members decided to, uh, you know, him, I mean, Stan, Kyle, and um, Kenny, I'm not kidding, Stan, Kyle, and Cartman all argued over the fact that, you know, a Cool Island song. They argued over the fact what type of Cool Island song to play. And when they when Tweak brings that up, this kind of distracts the other members as they decide then to adapt the island song strategy for their own cause, planning to use a, quote, fresh island song to cool the governor's hot temper. So they figured it out. After that, we go back. Spielberg and Lucas, now joined by Francis Ford Coppola, who had recently re-edited Apocalypse Now at the time of the episode's airing, and their entourage, including the three prisoner kids, start making their way to the premiere. Now, of course, like in Raiders of the Lost Ark, their way means walking across a desert while carrying the new print inside an ark. So they kind of parody this. And thus, with the film situation left only to tweak, he uh, runs up and he ambushes the convoy from an upper desert hill while wielding a bazooka, which he plans to point and blow up at the ark. He also threatens, of course, to blow it up unless his prisoner friends are released, except for Cartman, who they can keep. The negotiation, though, ends when Spielberg, who is amazed by Tweet's persistence, steals a walkie-talkie from one of his men and forces the others to step away from the ark. He then invites Tweet to blow it up back to God, but reminds him all his life he has been pursued of seeing a great film. And thanks to the new effects beyond your wildest dreams, he wants to see it screen just as much as Spielberg does. Tweak pauses and is captured as he hesitates. Oh! The kid? The tweaked out kid? I'm gonna blow up the Prince Spielberg! Your persistence surprises even me! Surely you don't think you can escape from this premiere? That depends on how reasonable we're all willing to be. All they want are my friends. Well, except for Cartman, you can keep him. Hi! And if we refuse? Then your premiere has no movie. He's definitely lost it. Yep. Okay, okay. Stand back. Stand back. Stand back. Back. Okay, kid. You win. Blow it up. Zorok! Zorok! Blow it back to God. All your life has been the pursuit of seeing a great film. This new version of Raiders has digital effects beyond your wildest dreams. You want to see it screened just as much as I. Come on, Tweet. Blow it up. Son, we are simply passing through history. This is improved history. So of course, as I mentioned there, Tweak pauses and gets captured. So now at the premiere, as the movie begins, Stan tells his friends, all of whom now are tied to poles, to look away from the screen, warning them that the film will be terrible. So they do. The rest of the audience, though, continues to watch the movie. Now, at first, the audience is awed by the film, you know, but upon seeing the natives who chase Indiana away were digitally changed Ewoks, they start to react negatively. Then they realize that this new version is awful. Now, Spielberg, Lucas, and Coppola then become frightened, suddenly parodying the climax of Raiders of the Lost Ark. The film then shoots rays at the audience, killing everybody who's watching the movie. Lucas and Coppola have their face melts, and Spielberg's explodes, which is pretty cool art to see from a visualization standpoint. And then when there's finally silence, we see that the kids find themselves untied, opened their eyes, and uh, they went, man, that new version must have sucked balls. You, you guys okay? 
Yeah, I, I think so. Man, that new version must have sucked balls. So now we go back to South Park and there's this huge freaking parade, there's a stage, and the boys think that they're going to be congratulated for stopping Spielberg and Lucas. However, the boys in particular tweak <laughs> are congratulated for getting Hat released from prison, despite the fact that Hat is crazy and also asks a, for a baby from the crowd who then cheers him like, get this man a baby. The boy says, of course, what they did might not matter now, but will matter later. Today is a day of celebration, and we owe it all to these four brave young boys. And thanks to the bravery of this young man in particular, Hat McCullough is finally free from prison. What? Thank you, everyone. Kill, kill the innocent. Uh, I'm so thankful for all your support. Rape the virgin. And uh, I just wonder if I could get a baby real quick. Sure, give that man a baby. <laughs> I'm just wondering, can I can I get a, a baby real quick? Sure, get that man a baby. <laughs> Ridiculous that the town is so accepting of this mass murderer. Even you can hear the lines. Kill the virgins. Oh man. So we finally end the episode when Tweak asks, what if someone else tries to change the movie? Stan answers, that is, it is somewhere safe, somewhere where nobody will ever find it. And then the episode ends as we see an old man placing the original prince inside a box, which he then places inside a warehouse named, oh, this is so sad, Red Cross 9-11 Relief Funds. Of course, a nod to the, the close of the Raiders of the Lost Ark, which itself is a nod to Citizen Kane. Do you think we did a good thing, Stan? I mean, no one even seemed to notice. Yeah, well, sometimes the things we do don't matter right now. Sometimes they matter later. We have to care more about later sometimes, you know? I think that's what separates us from the Steven Spielbergs and George Lucases of the world. That and youth, those guys are old. But what about the original Prince of Raiders of the Lost Ark? What if somebody else takes them and tries to change them? Don't worry, Tweak. It's somewhere safe. Somewhere where nobody will ever find it. All right, guys, and that's going to wrap it up for your recap here as far as on the full episode side. We're going to kick it over to a word from our sponsors provided by the Big Boys and Spreaker. And we'll be right back with our trivia, pop culture, continuity, my top moments, and more. So we just want to take this time out to recognize our sponsor, the Baked Boys Club. BigBoysClub.com provides you with all of the sickest apparel available for all your cannabis-related merchandise representation needs. My boy here, Ian. Like back. How you doing, dude? Yeah, i I mean, he's baked. We're baked. Yeah, We're just chilling. You know? Big Boys Club. Man, I mean, what? They've got some sick ass merch, dude. Like hats. Yeah, I just ordered the big mystery box with the hat, the oh, t-shirt. I'm jealous. And the sticker. Like all oh, the using our coupon, it brought it down to forty-seven, baby. Oh my god! Go to suck my balls pod code if you enter that in at bigboysclub.com. Put that in their coupon code. Is what I was gonna say on the payment page. Yes. Or a little bait. We want you to be baked with us. Join the club. BigBoysClub.com. Not just a brand. It's a lifestyle. Light. <laughs> you <made. laughs> Stupid. 
And we're back. Once again, want to shout out my sponsor, our sponsor there, thebakeboysclub.com. Use the code SUCKMYBALLSPOD and you'll save 20% off your order. The Bake Boys, not just a brand, it's a lifestyle. And of course, thank you to our sponsor there, provided to you by Spreaker.com if you're interested in starting your own podcast and you want a founder who is dedicated to getting your podcast monetized so you can make a little cash or at least, you know, pay for the space itself, check out Spreaker.com. All right, guys, let's get into some of the trivia. So the first thing here is there's a scene in the episode where Kyle, I'm sorry, there's a scene in the episode, I should say, that come they come back from commercial, right? And they're doing their own spoof of a parody of a re-release, and it kind of goes something like this. Coming this summer, it's the digitally re-enhanced re-release of the very first pilot episode of South Park. Yes, the classic, rough, handmade first episode is getting a makeover for 2002. The simple, funny aliens are now super badass and cool. The flying saucer, no longer cheap construction paper, but a 4 megapixel non-drop digital masterpiece of technology. Yes, everything's new. New is better. When we first made South Park, we didn't want to use construction paper. We just had to because it was cheap. And now with new technology, we can finally remaster South Park to make it look sharp, clean, and focused. And expensive. expensive. Yes, all the charm of the simple little cartoon will melt before your eyes as it is replaced by newer and more standardized animation. For instance, in the scene at the bus stop, we always meant to have imperial walkers and giant dewback lizards in the background, but simply couldn't afford it. Get this special enhanced version quick, because another enhanced version will likely be coming out for 2003. So yes, as you heard, this was actually a bit of piece of trivia. Because of that re-release, right, of the pilot episode, Kenny actually does appear in this episode, even though he's dead. But he has a brief non-speaking appearance in that trailer scene of the remake of the first South Park episode. Of course, this is one of four times he does appear in this season. That mean that being that uh, parody of Cartman gets an anal probe, and of course the ladder to heaven when he dies. The biggest douche in the universe, only in his soul, and at the end of Red Slay Down, which we haven't gotten to the last uh, next two biggest douche in the universe and Red Slay Down. Those will be coming up here shortly. Next piece of trivia. This is also, of course, the first episode of season six that does not feature Butters, despite taking Kenny's place in that same season. Of course, this is understandable since he was replaced by Tweak in Professor Chaos. Kyle tells George Lucas, there's still some good in you, I know it. This same line would be used three years later in Revenge of the Sith when Padme is dying. That's a funny little fun fact that South Park actually uses a line at South Park. I'm sorry, South Park uses a line at Star Wars will end up using. There's still some good in you. I know it. All right, that's all your trivia here. I didn't have too much there. Let's get into our pop culture here. There's Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, and Francis Ford Coppola parody the three main villains in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And of course, their manner of deaths. Coppola's head shrivels up like Colonel Dietrich's. Lucas' head melts down to a bloody skull like Agent Tot. And Spielberg, or Tote, however you want to pronounce it, and Spielberg's head explodes like Rene Belloc. Belloc? Bellow? Rene Bellow? Rene Belloc? I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Never big Raiders of fans. Movie, Indiana Jones. Not a big Indiana Jones fan myself, so I apologize for not pronouncing that correctly. Coppola was, in fact, added to the episode at a relatively late stage after Trey Parker and Matt Stone realized that they needed a third director in the finale, and it happened to fit so well since he had also re-edited one of his classic films, namely Apocalypse Now, which was re-edited into a longer version called Apocalypse Now Redux. Redux? At the time of the episode's original airing, Lucas used to work under him early in their careers at Capella's Film Company. 
American Zotrap. Unlike the re-edited version of Star Wars and E.T., Parker and Stone actually liked the footage added to Apocalypse Now Redux, but felt that it was, quote, lame, and that the original version would not get a release on DVD. Most of the last six minutes of this episode parodies Raiders of the Lost Ark, as I mentioned, with many lines being taken almost directly from the movie, with a few choice words being replaced. When George Lucas refuses to give the boys the negative, he says, quote, it is too late for me. And this is, of course, a parody of Darth Vader, who says that to Luke in Return of the Jedi. I got that one right away. It's too late for me. Uh, the boys compare... It's too late for me, Luke. I can't do a Darth Vader, sorry. Uh, the boys compare being changed with the Colosseum being remodeled. The boys compare... Sorry, the boys compare movies being changed with the Colosseum being remodeled and the Beatles changing their White Album every year by saying, what if the Romans changed the Coliseum every year? Or what if the Beatles kept updating their White Album? Like, you know, once art is put out, it's art. Throughout the episode, the bad guys also keep holding walkie-talkies like rifles, kind of like when George calls the guards to get rid of the boys. The guards are holding walkie-talkies. This serves as a constant reference to the changes Spielberg did in E.T., where the guns which the special secret agents hold against the children were replaced in that screen in that scene with walkie-talkies to make the film more family friendly. Yes, that is legitimate, ladies and gentlemen. And I, I haven't seen E.T. in a long time. Last time I saw it, it was with those walkie-talkies. But I'm sure that they've gone back and added on the DVD. But who do I know? Maybe you if you do, let me know. Tweet me. On Facebook, join us in the South Park Fans United group. Uh, I'll have the post in there. And if you listen to the episode and you've seen ET recently and they put the guns back in or left the walkie talkies in, let me know. The outfits worn by the boys seem similar, of course, to the tropical outfits worn by Trey Parker and Matt Stone in their acclaimed movie, Basketball. During the screening, Steven Spielberg says, quote, It's beautiful, which is a sound clip that would later be used by Stan's father when he first enters the Walmart in Something Walmart This Way Comes. A show aired called Excess, kind of like Access, but Excess Hollywood, as I meant, that's a parody of Access Hollywood, with the lookalike of then co-host Pat O'Brien. I have to, I just had to put that show together tonight when I was at work and actually uh, like ingest that show. It's one of the syndicated shows on local television. In the scene when the boys break into George Lucas's house to steal the original print of Raiders of the Lost Ark, many props from Lucas's past films can be seen in the room where the print is found. These range from a model of Howard the Duck, many helmets belonging to stormtroopers as well. Although the episode depicts Spielberg, Spielberg as being the main driving force in re-editing Raiders of the Lost Ark and Lucas only reluctantly going along with the plan, In real life, the two directors' attitudes ended up being the other way around after this episode. Spielberg admitted that the re-edit of E.T. was a major mistake and vowed never to do such a thing again. Whereas Lucas, as we all know, re-edited the original Star Wars trilogy a second time for its DVD release and a third time for its Blu-ray release. Plus, he re-edited the prequel trilogy a little bit as well, even re-edited his first movie, THX 1138. It's ridiculous. Francis Ford Coppola likewise re-edited Apocalypse Now, as we mentioned, for a second time in 2019, though, albeit with the intention of bringing it closer to the theatrical version rather than adding more footage. The song played in the end is called Stars and Stripes 
forever. That's your trivia and pop culture. Last thing here with some continuity. Trey Parker and Matt Stone appear in a fake promo, as I mentioned, saying that they're going to remake the pilot. Cartman gets an annual promo. Trey and Matt actually rehash the episode in the seventh season as canceled with the different plot drive in. So they kind of do do it. Do do it. Do do. Cartman's addition of free hat to increase attendance, as I mentioned, similar to him suggesting the addition of pie and punch in the movie. South Park bigger, longer, and uncut. When Steven Spielberg and George Lucas say that they are going to remake the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark, Kyle's heard saying, no, don't touch Indiana Jones. This, of course, becomes part of a bigger problem in the episode, the China problem. The boys' actions against Lucas and Spielberg help result in a dislike towards South Park, and along with other celebrities, which will result in a clash of acts and lawsuit against the town in the show's 200th episode. And that is your trivia, your pop culture, and your continuity. Last thing here, let me tell you what I liked about this episode. Okay, Cartman, of course, always amazing with his one-liners. He starts off the episode by explaining about a plot to steal money or steal food stamps and sell them to the poor right, at a reduced rate so they can get rich and make a profit. You've got Cartman also deferring to Tweak to be the spokesperson after he becomes the spokesperson himself. He, of course, lays the groundwork with Kyle about connecting Kyle Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, all Jews, 9-11. Where that's going to come into play later on. I like Tweak. I thought Tweak was funny. That his Daydream episode, which I didn't really cut because it was just like kind of music and just pictures. Tweak falls asleep and he's like dreaming about making hats. And it's kind of like in this rainbow area and he's freaking out. His dad comes in. He goes, hey, have some more coffee. thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Stan's speech about art, I really liked that. I kind of respected that and I understood where he was coming from. As I mentioned, from a legality standpoint, really can't hold up right now, especially me more in 2021. Unless, you know, something passes eminent domain, right, after like 40, 50 years or something, a song or whatnot. Uncopyrighted music came from like the 30s and 40s. I guess we could you probably start using We're getting close to the 50s. Probably, I probably could start using songs from the 50s. We're getting close to being able to use stuff from all the 60s. That would probably be eminent domain, as long as it's not being republished and re-updated. Because if these people continue to re-update the copyrights and redistribute it, then technically they still own it. So that's how they continue to make sure their stuff never falls into eminent domain, ladies and gentlemen. Why do you think Mickey Mouse would never fall into eminent domain? Disney always fights that. They pay the fines and they don't let it happen. And they're just not going to let it happen. It's too much money involved to let other people take your creation, unfortunately, for the rest of society. As we actually pay for it, right? I mean, we pay for it to go to the movies, pay for the video games, pay for the art, pay for the books for the equipment to talk to you to talk about this art we all pay for it to express our love and joy for any type of art form or media and in this case uh, a lot of big corporations here in america own it It may not be that way in your country and if it isn't that's pretty cool i know the other countries i'm told all the time how you have multiple internet providers nothing's been really monopolized and you have faster speeds for cheaper price and i'm looking to travel the world ladies and gentlemen that's why i got my passport uh, ultimately, I did like the resolution in the end. I thought it was funny. Like, because when you first watched this episode back in the day, you didn't know they were going to bring back Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. You just saw them die. So I like how the death happens. And that's how it happens in Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's interesting. That kind of does want to make me go watch it. And I have it, like, saved in my Hulu, all of the Indiana Jones movies. I've just never really sat down and watched it. Never really been a big, like, Harrison Ford fan. I mean, he was good as Han Solo, obviously. And I, I liked him in Air Force Down, but that's really the only like big Harrison Ford flicks I liked him in. Um, you know, I, I guess I could also say I, you know, I don't know. 
it's just interesting to me. Like, I'm not a big Harrison Ford fan. So that really didn't, has always captured me. And then eventually, right, he does a movie with Shia LaBeouf and the newer ones. And I'm not a big Shia LaBeouf fan, so it kind of makes me even more not want to watch it. I heard there was UFOs and aliens. So I'm like, eh. So maybe that's the one thing I did dislike about this episode is the just the theme of Indiana Jones. But I can see why people do like it. So I personally just don't like it. You may like it, obviously, if you've seen Indiana Jones. It's a big cult classic, I know. People love it. But I'm not a big fan of Indiana Jones. So that's the only thing I disliked personally in regards to this episode. Uh, if you want to look at the grand context of the episodes, it, while it can be, could, it could be considered a filler, when you look at through the passage of time with South Park seasons and episodes, it definitely be, does actually kind of create a foundation for some of the later episodes with George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, Indiana Jones. So, it, you know, and of course, you know, them getting the footage back out of the vault, right? So it's funny stuff. So I enjoyed it. And of course, 9-11 and Kyle. So that's going to do it though. I think that's it. That's your top likes. Some of them, I guess my only really dislike there, your trivia, your pop culture, your continuity, your full review right here on another freaking edition of Suck My Bass, Suck My Bass, My Bass, My Bass, As I mentioned at the top of every show, I'm your host in the scene where the air is clean and I light up that green, ya boy, MSG. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Matthew underscore Schaffer. You can also check us out at Suck My Balls Pod on Twitter and Instagram and at South Park Pod on Facebook. And of course, Gmail, South Park, Suck My Balls Pod at gmail.com. Check out the Big Boys Club.com. Use our code Suck My Balls Pod and you'll save 20% off. And check out our sponsors as well. We'll be back next week for another edition of. Suck my balls, suck my balls, my balls, my balls, second drink. Okay, Charles, so what other sexual positions did we talk about? Yeah, the wraparound butt grab. Sure, can't forget that. Uh-huh, reverse cowgirl. Good, Kevin. Hot lunch. Yeah, she likes that. Donkey punch. Uh-huh. Glass bottom boat. Good one. Yes. Fish eye. Good, Jenny. Chili dog. Mm-hmm. For better, he can ignore all his better. Own.